Hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Full Court Press here, sponsored by Main Street Preps. We are your hosts. I'm Brady McAtamney. And I am Zach Womble, and we have a jam-packed show ready for you today, don't we, Brady? We absolutely do. We are going to be talking to the head coach of the Clarksville Academy girls basketball team, Charles Clark. And we're also going to be bringing you our classic 2-2-1 at the end of the show, as long as well as players of the week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's a jam-packed show. When you when you came to me and said that, um, that Coach Clark wanted to get on, I was like, let's let's do it. Let's bring him on. Let's get him in. I wanted to start getting some coaches on this podcast as soon as possible. So uh, glad you were able to book him. Uh, I guess before before we dive into him, into his interview a little bit, what has impressed you about his first year with that program? Uh, they've just been they've, – they've really blown me away. They've blown away my expectations. Uh, last year they had uh, an incredible head coach in Kerry Daniels, former um, Austin P women's basketball head coach. Um, they and, – and she ended up moving back to her alma mater in uh, Indiana to coach there. Uh, they lost their best player from last year, Sidney Boykin, who's now playing in Division One. Um, and they were looking like they'd be a, a good team, but um, they ended up going um, almost undefeated in uh, this, or, uh, Division Two 1A Middle District 4 um, and ended up with the number one seed. Uh, it's It's been very impressive, Coach Clark, in his first year, and uh, I, I'm really excited to, uh, to talk to him. Yeah, we're going to do the, the Coach Clark interview at the end of the podcast, so make sure you're sticking through to the end to hear that. It's going to be very informative, and you're going to want to hear what he has to say. But up first is our Players of the Week, what games we visited last week and the big games for this week, and, of course, the 2-2-1. So, Brady, let's jump right in. First thing on today's show that I have to do, Brady, you know, we don't give a lot of love to the middle school players, um, but they work just as hard as anyone. And so shout out to Station Camp Middle School. They actually defeated uh, T.W. Hunter in an all Sumner County Area 3 final for 3A to advance to the middle school state championship game or middle school, middle school state tournament on Friday. They will play uh, against Houston Middle School out of Germantown uh, and will – obviously play the next get the next day in either a consolation or championship game uh, on the other side of the bracket is Alcoa and Blackman but regardless of how they finish Brady whether they go 2 and 0 1 and 1 or 0 and 2 I think they should feel very good about the season that they've had I've talked to coach uh, Jeremy Bartlett at Station Camp and he is just thrilled to even be in the position that they are in to to have a chance to bring home that state title and they feel just as good as anyone they understand they have a tough matchup in round 1 against Houston who is perennially one of the best high school programs in the country. You know, they came to Middle Tennessee not that long ago to take down Brentwood Academy. So, you know, their feeder system is just mm -hmm. as good. Um, so it's going to be a tough matchup for Station Camp in the opening round. But, you know, Bartlett, he feels good. They've got good guard play. They've got a post player who averages about 14, 14 to 15 points a game. So they've got a shot, Brady. And so I wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. Shout out to T.W. Hunter as well for making it to the championship game. Only obviously one could make it to the state tournament. Uh, Knox Doss Middle School boys also advanced uh, to the semifinal round of the sectional tournament. And then the Ellis Middle School girls advanced to the sectional tournament. So um, 
all in all, a great middle school season for us here in Sumner County. Station Camp's going to try to cap it off with a state championship. They've got a good shot, and it starts on Friday at 8.30. If you want to watch, you can do so. You can follow along. Um, we'll be tweeting out the game. We'll be tweeting out the scores and things of that nature And uh, from Rockville Middle School. So if you can make it out, come on out. But if not, be sure to stay tuned because we'll bring you all the latest. Now, moving on into our high school stuff, Brady, let's highlight a couple big games that we saw last week. Um, one of the big games that I saw or one of the big games for, for us was not a game that I mentioned in Episode 8 because I didn't think they had a chance to win. Uh, and that's JP2 boys. They take down Brentwood Academy and they take down Brent, uh, Montgomery Bell Academy uh, this week. Two huge district region games. Yep. Beating Brentwood Academy in overtime is massive. Did you see that one coming, Brady? Not at all. I mean, Brent, Brentwood Academy, I mean, what else can you say about that program that hasn't been said? Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but it's kind of more of just a like, hey, it, it was a little bit shocking, a little bit surprising. And, the, and, the, and I think the, the best thing for JP2 about that about that Brentwood Academy game, Brady, is they were down 10 with six and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. They come back, they, they end the quarter on a 19-9 run. They send it to overtime. They outscore BA 12-4 to in the overtime period to get the win. Uh, huge, huge win for them. And then to turn around and carry that momentum over to a home win against NBA has set them up, and I'll hit on this in a minute, has set them up for a huge monster game uh, this week. So while I was not in attendance for that game, I have to bring it up because it's probably one of the top biggest wins of the week here in Sumner County. And then the other one, Beach over Lebanon. I mean, previously undefeated on the girls' mm -hmm. side, Jada Jones with the bank, 19-footer to win it all. I mean, just such an outstanding win for Beach in that program. They've now won five straight uh, on the road. Winning at Lebanon is difficult. Winning against yeah. Lebanon at all, whether it be in your home floor, on your home floor, on a neutral site, is difficult, let alone at their place. And Jada Jones, game winner, uh, just two huge games for me this week, which rolls in to my players of the week. I'll start with the girls, Brady. Last week I mentioned Lacey Walmer needed to play well if the Lady Bucks had any chance of beating Lebanon on the road. She finished with 11 points in that game, including the, the game-tying free throw at 28 and the game-tying three-pointer at 33-all. She was massive, pulled down big rebounds, and was a big reason as to why they won that game. So she is my player of the week this week. I'm not saying I was able to tell the future. But maybe you should listen to our two-two-one moving forward. If you want to get, if you want to get the latest on uh, on who's going to step up in the county, and then on the boys' side, looking at JP two Sabino Otira, he dropped 14 points against NBA and then dropped 18 points against BA. That's massive. He was one of the key cognizant, key excuse me, key pieces to uh, their win last week. And both of those times, Tristan Conger, honorable mention, dropped 20 against BA. But Sabina Otira dropping 18 and 14 in back-to-back -back games was massive for JP2. Those are my two players of the week this week. Brady, how about you? Yeah, those are some well-deserved uh, awards for sure. Um, uh, like you said, you, you mentioned that that was JP2 games. Um, I just want to mention one game that we had here in the county last week. Um, we had one of our uh, freelancers, uh, Blaine Keller, awesome freelancer. If you have, if you don't follow him on Twitter already, uh, I, I would highly recommend it. Um, but he was at uh, the Henry County at Kenwood basketball game. Um, the girls game was a bit of a blowout. So they thought they were getting out of there early that night. Um, 
that did not happen. <laughs> not even close because <laughs> that game went into not one, not two, but three overtimes. Um, and this is this was a game where, if, yeah, exactly right. Um, and Kenwood had chances to win it in at the end of the first overtime and the second overtime. I think I think at the end of regulation too. Um, ended up losing that game. Henry County ended up winning that one. Um, which actually did clinch the district for them, which means that the uh, district tournament is going to run through Paris, which I don't think anybody in Clarksville wants to hear. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say T's and P's for everybody in Montgomery. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Hey, and that means if they, if they get to the, to the region, which I mean, they just got to win one game to do so. That means we, there could be some Sunder teams headed to Paris too. You mean, you never know. Oh, uh, well, listen, I, well, is I don't want to. I'm not trying to put you on the spot or like prove you wrong. But isn't it District Nine's year to host Region this year? But on top of that, how are they? How are they going to do that with with? Co- I mean, is it just so? Say like it's two number one seeds. So say Henry County and Green Hill are your number one seeds. Is it just yeah, going to go that's a good at that point? That's a good question, honestly, because I don't think they're doing central sites. Right. Right. Um, so. That's a really good question. I mean, I got work. I guess we'll figure that out. As, yeah. as, as I don't even know if they know at this point, honestly. <laughs> That's a good point. I would, um, I would assume though that if that were to happen, they're probably going to go off best overall record, right? I would I think, think so. That, that would just that seems like the easiest thing to do. Yeah, it seems fair. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that was that was a heck of a basketball game. Um, Kenwood has been really a surprising team this year. They lost their best player from last year, Scooter Williams, really an electric player. Um, I, I kind of thought they'd have a little bit of a down year, but um, they, it really hasn't been that way. They've been one of the five best teams in the district. Um, you know, they swept Rossview, which is crazy, almost beat Henry County this week. Um, just, so just props to them, head, props to the head coach uh, Jason James for doing a good job with them. And I'm actually going uh, straight into my player of the week with Kenwood, um, even though they lost both of their games this week. Uh, I'm giving my player of the week to Kamari McIntosh with Kenwood. He averaged 23 points per game this week, which is pretty impressive. But what's even more impressive is Kamari McIntosh is not a big dude. He's, I don't know, I would say maybe five, 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 six at best. Um, but he is a lights out shooter. He is just a really good scorer. His brother, Kevin playing at, I want to say Brian right now um, after graduating last year. Uh, just a really talented basketball family. And Kamari has really stepped up for them and become a really dynamic basketball player for them at the guard position. Um, really big week for them, despite going 0-2. Um, he definitely uh, is is catching some attention from me. Um, so shout out to Kamari. Uh, on the girls' side, um, I hate – I hate to be a broken record. Oh my gosh, Brady! But you know where this is going. This <laughs> I point. know exactly where this is going. It's it's hard to choose another player when Tamia Scott keeps doing what she's doing. Uh, she averaged sixteen and a half this week. Um, she was huge in their win over Rossview, which clinched them. Rossview was the second seed uh, in in the district that clinched them at least a share of the uh, district title. And then on uh, Friday night. She was huge again in another win, and that clinched them the outright district title. So, I mean, when you have that well, going on, it, it, yeah, it's just it's hard to choose another player. I mean, um, there and, and it, it it really is it, it pains me because obviously to me it's so good, and there, but there are so many other incredibly talented basketball players in this district. But just the way to me has been playing, man, it's it's 
it's I, I don't I, I don't want to you know do a disservice to her because she earns these. I got um, a question. I got a question for you, Brady. Not to put yeah. you on the spot. Um, obviously, Tamia is uh, Mrs. Basketball candidate. Um, right? She she did get officially mm-hmm. nominated for that. Yeah. Um, she has been your Player of the Week multiple times. Very high on her, like you should be. Obviously, you know you're not a Mrs. Basketball candidate in Class Three A for for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this. Is she a shoe in for your player of the year, or is there any way that anyone else could could step up and and take that take that honor from her? Um, you know, saying for sure that she's the shoe in player of the year is it's hard to say. With you know, there's still a week left in the regular season, um, so I mean that's not a lot of time, but who knows what could happen? Um, and obviously, the whole postseason still left to go. Um, but I will say, you know, as long as she continues doing what she's doing which who's to say she's, she will be unable to do that um, unless something major happens. Um, it's hard to, I don't want to exactly, you know, just commit to it because that kind of takes the excitement yes. out of it. Right. Um, but I'd say she's definitely the front runner by a good amount. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. Like I said, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I was, I was curious if there was anyone, um, you know, maybe from like a CA or whatever, if, if their team made a run and, you know, made a run to the state championship, whereas, you know, one team may have dropped out early. If there was, if there was a shot for anyone else to come in. Yeah. You know, let's say Northwest by some insane chance, they lose in the first round to, you know, West Creek or something. Uh, I don't see that happening, but who knows, you know, it's me. It puts up a dud. They lose and Clarksville Academy goes to, or Clarksville high goes to the state championship. You know, Clarksville Academy has got diamond Bryant, Extremely talented guard, you know, Clarksville High. I've talked plenty about Amari Berry. Yeah. She's a freshman. She could, you know, maybe she leads that team to a deep playoff run. Um, then things get a little more interesting. Right. Um, but as of right now, she's, uh, I think to me, is definitely the front runner. That's that. I mean, that's, she's very well deserving. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. I don't, I don't know if I have all that stuff figured out for Sumner County. So I'm not going to try to get into it. I, like it's I said, cloudy. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I was, I was actually very curious to mm-hmm. see if there was anyone else. Um, Brady, let's dive in to the most, the best part of the podcast, in my opinion, I think it's one of our listeners favorite topics. And that is, yeah, it's the two, two, one, where we give you two games for the week, two players to watch and a winner. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to do. And uh, I, I got a feeling it's going to it's going to pick up here, going to get some traction. Maybe you start hearing it some other places. But as always, Brady, I'd love for you to go first and you hit me with your two, two, one. Yep, absolutely. So um, so for my two games, um, I'm looking tomorrow, Tuesday uh, at uh, Clarksville High at Northeast basketball. Uh, last time these two teams played, if I remember correctly, um, Northeast came out with a win. If I remember right, I. It's, it's, you know, all these games kind of blend, blend, blend together at, at some point. Um, but that's going to be a really good basketball game. Uh, obviously, the one seat is locked up by Henry County, but these two are these two are teams that are really jostling for that number two position, um, which can absolutely make a difference because uh, that could be the difference between playing uh, a team like Northwest, who um, has Dimitri Moss, very good basketball player, but they've only got two district wins. And you could be playing either them or Springfield, a team who has beaten teams like Rossview, beaten teams like Kenwood. Um, so that's a, that's a really big difference. And it also could determine who hosts 
the the next game that they could possibly see each other. You never know. So that's a really big game coming up. Obviously, two very good basketball teams, two, two teams that I think are 100% capable of making a run to sub-state, maybe even state. Um, so that's going to be a really, really good basketball game, and that's on my boys' side. Um, on the girls' side, I'm going to a game where we don't know who my team's going to be playing yet, but it's going to be Clarksville Academy's um, district semifinal game on Thursday. I mean, we got Charles Clark coming on the show later. Uh, we know how good – Clarksville Academy is they're going to be playing either uh, Davidson Academy or Donaldson Christian, obviously two uh, well, well-renowned programs uh, in middle Tennessee. Um, I think uh, whoever they end up playing, they have a good chance to beat. Um, but like I said, those are two programs where um, they have a good reputation in athletics and, um, and for good reason. Uh, so those are my two games uh, looking at two players. Um, one second here. I got, I got to bring my schedule back up. I look at my two players. I'm looking at the. Um, I'm going. I'm going to look back at Northeast versus Clarksville. Uh, last time Clarksville had a big basketball game uh, on the boys' side. Uh, JJ Wheat struggled against Henry County. He did not have a very good game. He got in foul trouble. Didn't score a, a lot like we're used to seeing him do. Um, and I think if Clarksville is going to beat Northeast, um, JJ is going to have to have one of those games where. Uh, he is the best player on the floor because most times he is. But if he's not that, Clarksville loses a lot of uh, a lot of their chance to win that game. And uh, I think that's going to be very, very important that he is capable of doing that. Uh, my second player, um, I'm actually going to go with two boys players this week um, because with there's just not a ton of stakes right now on, on the girls' side, at least in, in the games that we're seeing. Um, it's a lot of higher seeds versus lower seeds um, uh, or games that don't necessarily have a lot of stakes to them at the moment. Uh, outside of Northwest versus Henry County, which, I mean, North, like I said, Northwest has already clinched that number one seed. Henry County is battling kind of in the two to four range. Um, so I, I could be wrong. I think Northwest is going to win that. That's not going to be my one. Um, but I'm going to look on Friday back to another boys game featuring Northeast and they're going to be playing Ensworth. Okay. So we know that Ensworth, I mean, we talked to uh, Malik last week. That's a, that's a heck of a good program. They're missing the Clark boys right now. So that makes them very much beatable. Um, but that's going to be a huge game for Northeast to kind of get a late uh, end of the season uh, tough matchup against a really good team. Um, and I think I'm going to look at Marcus Averhart for Northeast to have a really good game that game as well as Jalen Hooks, their point guard, or I'm sorry, Jalen Miller, their point guard. They also have a Jalen Hooks. He's their uh, starting center. Um, they have a lot of Jalens, a lot of Jalens. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a, a funny joke with <laughs> Northeast. They got three Jalens on that team. Um, but Jalen Miller, their point guard, and Marcus Averhart, those are two guys who are absolutely fundamental to them winning basketball games. And I think if they can beat Ensworth on the last day of the regular season, their confidence is just going to be through the roof heading into that oh. district tournament. Absolutely. That's, that's what I was just thinking. It's, I mean, the perfect opportunity for a huge confidence booster as you get ready to, to go into the league play. What was your one? What would you say your one winner was? So my one winner is uh, Northwest at Henry County girls on Tuesday. Um, I think Northwest is going to go to Henry County and win that basketball game and um, pretty much all but wrap up an undefeated season. Uh, they also play West Creek on Friday, but West Creek is um, yeah. kind of, 
in, in a rebuilding phase right now. I, I don't see Northwest losing that basketball game. Um, so really their biggest challenge left in the regular season is going to be that Tuesday game against Henry County. I think that they will go there and maybe make it a little bit more of a, a bigger win than pe- teams might expect. Um, however, if they do lose that game, then things get kind of interesting in kind of the, the two to f- two to four range in, in the district between uh, Rossview, Clarksville, and Henry County. But I do think Northwest is going to go win that game. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a cluster in the kind of the same area, two through five in my district standings. Um, but my 2 2 1 was very difficult to pick this week. I have so many good games. I'm um, just going to run down a quick list of, of the good games that I've got Hendersonville at Gallatin, Station Camp Mount Juliet, JP2 Lipscomb, Portland Wilson Central, Beach Green Hill, Portland White House, Merrill Hyde Lead. I mean, those are all games that have huge, huge, huge district implications. Yeah, Station couldn't, Camp couldn't have really drawn it up any better, huh? No, it really couldn't have. So it made it made picking two games very difficult, but I think I've done it. Um, looking at District Nine Three Eight, you've got the you've got Beach and Green Hill boys and girls in such a huge game. And I'm going to cheat a little bit here because I'm going to go two different games, but it's going to be four total games because I'm doing boys and girls from each. Okay, but that's okay. Um, Beach and Green Hill boys and girls are neck and neck on both sides. Um, on the on the girls side, Beach is ten and four, Green Hill nine and four. Obviously, that tells you right there, one's gonna you know beat if Beach wins, they stay uh, in the three seat. If Green Hill wins, they they move up in the three seat. I mean, it's mm-hmm. obviously self explanatory. Um, that should be a very very good basketball game. It is at Beach, um, so there's a little bit of an advantage there um, for both boys and girls. I think it's going to be a lot of fun on Thursday night. And then on the boys' side, you've got Green Hill, who is 12 and 2 and in first place in, in league standings. But then 2 and 3 goes Station Camp at 11 and 3 and Beach at 11 and 4. That right there tells you that if Beach can beat Green Hill at home, this isn't at Green Hill where it's tough to shoot, but at home where they feel comfortable, you get Green Hill a third loss. All of a sudden, those district standings get a little bit more interesting because guess Absolutely. what? Guess what, Brady? Green Hill ends their season on the road at Lebanon, who's the number four team in the boys, mm-hmm. and at Beach. Those are two very difficult games to end your season on. So there's a good chance that either Station Camp or Beach could, could come in and take over that number one seed on the boys' side. Um, so obviously a huge game for, for, those, for that reason I just mentioned. Um, and then my other game, both boys and girls, JP2 at Lipscomb. Both are in the same boat, Brady, where both – JP2 and Lipscomb are neck and neck in league standings. On the girls' side, you've got JP2 at three and four against Lipscomb Academy at three and five. How will those how will those uh, those games shake out? We're going to find out because guess what? Brentwood Academy, who is the third team in D2AA, has three losses. Hmm. So, I mean, Brady, there's so many implications in this last week of the season that I, we don't have enough time for me to get through them. But on the boys' side, the exact same thing, Brady. Lipscomb Academy, three and four. JP2, three and five. They play on Friday. I mean, these these matchups are going to go a long way in determining what the seedings are. But here's the thing. If things play out the way they should play out, you could see both of these teams play each other in the first round of the region tournament. So, man, uh, uh, so many big games this week that it could have so many implications, but at the same time, they could have so few implications because mm-hmm. we could see the same game uh, when the opening round is. So, uh, nonetheless, though, two huge games for both programs. Um, I think they're going to need both programs, JP2 and Beach, I'm talking about, 
are going to need their best players to step up if they want to win. Um, these are no slouch games, and they're going to take all 32 minutes of, of good basketball if they want to come out on top. But um, those are just – those are the, the games that I, that I wanted to highlight, my two games. As far as my two players, I got a ton. I, I, I mentioned all the good games that I had, so I'm running through all the important players for, for each win. And, it's um, hard to pick two. It is, it is hard to pick two. Uh, but I'm going to go two different players that aren't from my games because okay. – just, just, just to to add more schools, to add more players to the to the list. Sure. Uh, Station camp at Lebanon or Station camp versus Lebanon boys on Friday. Eli Rice has been fantastic. Isaiah Davis has been fantastic. Donovan Smith has been good. Has been fantastic. But you know who el- you know who else needs to be fantastic? Brady, Tyler Moore, their point guard. He has been fantastic this year. He, you know, good guard play. Um, you're going to hear coach Coach Charles Clark mention that in our interview a little bit later, but guard mm-hmm. play, especially come tournament time, is so critical. And so Tyler Moore, I need him to step up and play big minutes if they want to get a win against a good Lebanon team who who just beat Beach at home on Friday. Um, and then the other game, Portland versus White House, huge rivalry game. Portland girls lost against White House in the opening round or the opening game of the season this year. I'm going Lily Whitehead as my player to watch out for for Portland. She just signed with Freed Hardeman. If you haven't if you haven't read that story, it's very it's a very good story. Um, not, not for me writing it, but just her story is yeah. a good story. You know what I mean? Um, she is a player that could have given up on basketball a few years ago, but now through hard work, determination, and finding the love of the game again, is getting ready to go play at the next level. So it's it's touching. Yeah, so Lily, um, Lily Whitehead definitely is, is a player to watch this week, and she is a defensive animal. Um, she can lock up their the opponent's best player in a hurry. So if they're going to win, she has to be big. Not only does she have to guard the best player, but she may need to drop double-digit points. Um, those are my two players. And my one winner for the week, you know, Brady, I think I'm going to go Beach Boys over Green Hill. As my one, as my one winner for the week. It's at home. It's on Shackle Island. Um, you got to take a boat to get there. Get a little seasick on the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that affects Green Hill, but I think the boys—they um, are just—they're a good team. Beaches. They just because they lost a tough game on the road to a good Lebanon team doesn't mean that I've lost faith faith in them that they can make a run. Uh, so my Beach Boys are my one winner for the week over Green Hill. Got them taking out Troy Allen's team, huh? Yes, I do. And uh, you know what? It wasn't an easy pick. Troy Allen is a heck of a coach. That basketball program at Green Hill is going to win a lot of basketball games under him. And and they could make a real run at it this year. I mean, they've got the pieces to do so. Um, but I just think coming on the road, Beach may, may be a little bit more hungry, um, knowing that, that they lost last Friday in a very critical game against Lebanon. So they, they're feeling the urgency. You know, they've got a non-conference game against Father Ryan on two um, – on tomorrow, they've got a non-conference game against Father Ryan tomorrow. Uh, so you know all eyes are on that Green Hill game. Not that they don't want to win the Father Ryan game, but Father Ryan having a little bit of a rebuilding year this year. It's a non-league game. Um, so you would think that maybe they're kind of looking ahead to that Green Hill game, kind of licking their chops a little bit, try to get a little bit of payback. Um, so I, I feel good going with them as my one winner this week. Yeah, anytime you got uh... – Close ties to yeah, I mean you might as well call them at this point the Green Hill uh, Golden Bears. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we and we know what Mount Juliet can do. Um, yeah. Now, of course, they're their own program now, 
kind of. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's not to disrespect them or anything because obviously they are their own program. They got a heck of great basketball players. Troy Allen's just a great coach. I mean, yeah, um, that's what happens when, when Wilson County schools allow them to be open enrollment, which I, I, I don't think they made it that a special rule. I think that might be a, a thing for any first-year school is you can be open enrollment. Um, but, I mean, you offer these kids a brand-new school – you know, a new place to play, you know, just the newness of it all. You know, if you can provide your own transportation, why not? You know, I know, I know a couple of the Mount, former Mount Juliet players live very close to that Green Hill school. I know Troy Allen did not want to coach against his guys. I mean, because basically that Green Hill team, like we said, is that Mount Juliet roster from the last couple of years. He didn't want to coach against those guys. So he came over. I know Tommy mentioned that no one in Wilson County batted an eye at that, but it's kind of tough. All that's to say that's that's tough. Uh, and then the girls program, you know, if you get a chance to play for a coach like Sherry Abner, Sherry is former Westmoreland coach that won so many games, uh, is a legend. In the just a basketball family. Yeah, I mean, just a basketball family. And, you know, a chance to play for her is, is one that you don't want to give up if, if, if you're some player. So, um, yeah, we like to joke about them being Mount Juliet or uh, or some other schools, but – Nevertheless, you know, they're still doing a good job with what they've got on hand, and, and they've got as good a shot as anyone, especially the boys, uh, mm-hmm. to make a run at it. It's a program to look out for, for sure. Absolutely, Brady, absolutely. Um, there was something else I wanted to – hang on. So welcome to the Full Court Press podcast, Coach Charles Clark. Uh, head coach of the Clarksville Academy girls basketball team, top seed in middle district uh, four in uh, division two, single a Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we, we're excited about getting the, getting the tournament started this week and, um, and uh, about being the number one seed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, people in my, probably familiar with you whether they know you from Clarksville Academy or Kenwood um, but for those who might not be familiar about you, uh, with you um, why don't you just kind of give us a little introduction into uh, I'm from what you've been doing these last couple of years um, I am um, I've been here I've been in Clarksville all my life and I've uh, worked in some other school systems like right on the neighboring county um, I've really kind of had a, a variety of experiences um, as far as like uh, coaching middle school and um, and then kind of, you know, just work my way up. And so started out, started out on the boys side and I uh, had an opportunity to coach girls at Kimwood High School the last uh, two years before coming to CA. And um, that was, you know, that was my first two years coaching girls, uh, being in District 10, 3A. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, accepted the job at CA last, I guess it was last summer, uh, right there in June. So, um so it's, it's happened pretty fast. Uh, Coach Clark, I am I am curious. I, you know, I think we've met one time in person. This was obviously when mm-hmm. you last year. I forget who they were playing, um, but you know, obviously saw the news when you when you made the switch over to CA. And I, I'm just curious, what about that program drew you to to want to be their head coach? Well, I mean, you know, obviously it's been one of the uh, premier uh, jobs as far as uh, girls basketball has gone for the last. A um, few years, obviously, you know, I was at Houston County coaching boys, and that was when uh, Clarksville Academy was still was in our district. So I, I had a chance to see the program uh, at its lowest. Um, my wife actually played in the program. She graduated here. And so 
I've seen it probably at its lowest. And so to see the, the climb and all the things that, uh, that it went into uh, getting it to um, be one of the better programs um, in the state um, was obviously intriguing. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's not just a one or two year job type of deal. You know, this is somewhere uh, where my kids will be, you know, when my daughter goes to school here now, then my son is going to come next year. And so, um, you know, I think, um, you know, looking forward to that. My daughter plays basketball a little bit. And so I'm excited about her getting the opportunity to be here and, um, you know, getting to be around her a lot more. Yeah, it's definitely a special place to be for sure, especially now that the program, like you said, is really at, at a high point compared to where it's been in the past. Right. Um, but with this being your first year at CA, obviously a year unlike any other with, with COVID and all the challenges that that's provided. Um, what were some of those challenges? Uh, I think some of the things that might have made uh, this transition a little more difficult than in uh, previous years. Um, I mean, you know, I'm real big on relationships. And so, you know, when you didn't really get a chance and when, uh, when, when the virus first hit, you know, it was right around that time when, um, when I accepted the job. And so you're talking about coming in, um, you know, you knew, you, you know, I knew the girls from uh, outsider, but not really knowing them. Um, and then you don't really get a lot of time with them um, early on. And so we were limited. We were in the gym, but it just wasn't in a capacity where you could play team camp games and, and do a lot of like five on five um, type of deals. So, um, so, you know, that'd be time you would try to implement um, a system. Uh, and really in, in this case, that was probably a, maybe a blessing because I, you know, I may have tried to change too much, uh, you know, that, that some of the things that the girls were used to and I did not, um, you know, because we had the, um, we had the um, experience. And so it was one of those things where I need to come in and try to do, um, do too much. And so that was, but you know, the adjustment period is always like the big thing. So, um, so we, we, we worked through those, um, through those challenges and, and um, got to, you know, got to know each other, but I really think we we're just never really kind of turning the corner as far as that goes, as far as being comfortable, uh, even earlier on in the year, uh, we, we were still, they were, they weren't used to some of the things I wanted and, um, I wasn't used to some of the things that they were, um, done, what they do in the past. Coach, you mentioned the comfortability. It couldn't happen at a better time, could it? I mean, we all know basketball is a tournament sport and it sounds like right. your girls and you are kind of starting to pick things up at the right time. Is that, is that how you feel? I do. Um, I think that, um, you know, I think, now that I'm starting to learn uh, or I've learned some of their uh, tendencies and some of the things that some spots and some rotations, the rotations were probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, we have uh, pretty good depth. Um, you know, our JV program went 15 and 0 this year with uh, mainly freshmen and sophomores. And, um, and so uh, we do have the depth, but at the same time, you know, knowing how to get that right substitution pattern down and, and who can play the, a lot of minutes and, who's really not at their best when they play a certain amount of number, you know, a certain amount of minutes is probably one of the, one of the uh, challenges that we, um, that we ran into early and we lost seven games this year. A lot of people probably don't know that, but you know, COVID hit us as a program right there at the very beginning. And that may have been a, I don't want to say blessing, but just because, um, you know, it just may have allowed us to kind of step back and, and start all over again. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of picking it up at the right time. 
Yeah, so you guys had that uh, that COVID trouble, obviously the whole transition to a new coach, losing Sidney Boykin from last year, the team's yeah. best player. Yeah. Um, but you guys still managed to win the district in just your first year. Um, what were some of the highlights of that run uh, and uh, any maybe defining moments that you guys can really look back on and say, you know, that's kind of where this whole thing started? Well, um, you know, they've been resilient. And, and most of the, you know, kids at that at their ages, that's typical. I mean, I don't think there's any differences, uh, but they've been very resilient and uh, handled the changes as far as I know uh, pretty well, um, you know, not knowing um, what to expect from a new coach, not knowing uh, what COVID was going to do. You know, when I remember looking at the schedule back in October, I was like, man, are we going to really make it, you know, a full season, um, you know, but the, the message was like just day by day, let's do, do what we can to, make sure we have a season, but, um, but, you know, we started off, um, we lost the first two weeks of the season and then, um, and then we were fortunate uh, to get a game. Uh, our boys were going to play Kenwood. And, uh, and so the girl, we needed a game um, and we were able to play Kenwood. That was a little bit of a emotional roller coaster coming from that program. And uh, some of those girls, you know, that had played for me, but it was good to just get out and play. Um, you know, we, we played um, our district game, our second game of the year. And, um, and you know, normally we would have had games under our belt, but we pulled it out. And from there, we, you know, gained some momentum early, which probably helped to um, instill some confidence, you know, where the girls were like, okay, well, you know, we're still back on the winning, winning track, regardless of all the things that's happened. Um, but then, you know, Christmas, we went to the holidays, um, and play some really good teams. You know, that's, you know, that's just kind of how, you know, as long as I'm here, we're going to play good teams. And we did, we played some good teams and, and um, we took some losses. And so, um, so then that was another adjustment of like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, we had to take a step back um, and, and work through some things. And so, um, but then since the new year, we've been, um, we've been pretty solid. We've kind of moved on and, you know, um, and answered the calls. Coach, you mentioned the adversity that you went through over the holidays. How much of your message was, listen, girls, we don't win the state tournament in December. We use these games to get better. If we take a loss, we take a loss. It is what it is. We just want to get better. Was that your message during that span? Because like you just said, you were obviously able to pick it up once the new year began. Yeah, we because the goals are to advance and get to the Final Four and win a state title, um, you know, it worked out where um, we were, we were scheduled to go to East Tennessee and, and, and by no, by no means at all did we not think that those were going to be um, competitive games. But then when we uh, were not allowed to travel, it, um, it opened us up to go to, uh, to CPA and play in the next level tournament, which is, you know, on the boys side has been loaded for the last six years. And so the girls you know, had a tournament this year. And, um, and, and uh, Coach Legate, you know, she had just played in our CA Classic, said, hey, Coach, I think we're going to have a spot open. And it really timing worked out. So it was, you know, one of those things where, yeah, we, we need to play in this. And, and then, you know, you got an 8.30 game first thing in bracket play against Brentwood Academy, which is going to, you know, you know, most likely advance out of their side. That's, you know, that's, that's what you look forward to. And then you look at the bracket and see, um, Brentwood High and, and Livingston Academy and Beach. And, I mean, it went on and on. Clarksville Christian, you know, team here in Clarksville that um, that will be something special here in the next few years also. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th after that was over, 
Um, and then we started the new year at, you know, playing at home versus Joe Burns, which is, um, I think, top 10 in, in single A. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things like, um, you know, we're, we're scheduling and playing for uh, February, March, and not just for this moment. And, you know, the good thing is these girls understand that. So, um, so it was not a hard sell at all. Yeah, so as we approach tournament time, obviously all that experience is uh, is absolutely looking like it, it could pay off. Uh, you guys got that first round by waiting out to play, mm -hmm. uh, see who you'll play on Thursday. Um, are there any teams that have really caught your attention in uh, this district? Any teams that you have been impressed with, other than yourselves, of course? Yeah, I mean, um, you you as the year goes on, you you watch and look at box scores. Social media is uh, also something that you know teams are posting and. So, you know, I think, you know, out east, you look at Lakeway Christian, um, the number one team in the state for a while. Um, I think they, um, you know, they've got some girls that um, that play at a high level. And um, and so, you know, you go west and, and you look at, um, you know, Trinity Christian, uh, University, University School of Jackson. Um, you know, even if you stay here in Middle Tennessee, um, just in our region, Middle Tennessee Christian, um, Providence Christian, Webb School, um, CPA, you know, our district, Good Pasture, Nashville Christian. I mean, I, I think there's just a, a lot of teams that um, that could, you know, on any given night, um, you can get beat. And so you just need to make sure you're ready. And we tried to scout, you know, that's one thing, um, you know, I think we are coaches, you know, we've tried to make sure we put the girls in the right position. Um, since we've been in this, you know, in the run, we tried to make sure that they had all the information they need to uh, to go into these games, and and they've taken it all in, and 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 they've done their part also. Coach, you've mentioned all these talented teams that that you could run up against in order to to reach your goal of a state title. How do you feel your team stacks up with the best of the best? I think we, I think because of the games we've had, um, you know, we've had some games obviously where we've won thirty or forty, but. You know, we've had some games where we've had to, um, you know, change our defenses and, you know, make make the quick adjustments. But just the way our team is made up, you know, with the backcourt that we have, I think that it's a guards game, regardless of how you look at it. Um, you have to have solid guards and our guard play has been solid for the very most part. Um, you know, uh, we have posts, uh, forwards inside this agile that move and run the floor. Um, wings that um, are capable of making shots, you know. So when you're looking at trying to play play in a tournament game where the possessions are definitely going to get cut in half, um, you know, where you may only score 40 points a game, uh, 45, you know, we've won some of those games, um, and so uh, we've been tested. You know, we've we've been tested and lost, and we've been tested and won, and so that's kind of you know something that I'm very um, very confident. You know, going forward, we can we can make a serious run and make a serious push at it. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned earlier, uh, you spent the last uh, two years before this year at Kenwood mm -hmm. and you, you played Kenwood this year, you played Northwest this year. Um, right. Have you still kept up with uh, some of those teams from district uh, nine and 10 this year at all? Yeah. I mean, district 10, obviously just being from Clarksville, it's just the, um, the, the nature of it where you just want to um, you keep up and, and a lot of the girls, uh, we hosted a fall league, uh, grow grow your game league um, this year, and so I would we had over 80 girls, and we had some from Nashville and Spring Hill, and 
uh, up that way. But we had, you know, obviously the majority of our participants were right here in the city, which, you know, that was one of the things we wanted to provide. So you, you see them in the fall and then you, you know, you want to look and see how they're doing with their teams. And so, uh, you know, that's been pretty special, but um, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of the coaches in the district. Um, like, like you said, we played Northwest and, um, and so we had a chance to kind of see what they, even without Tamia, uh, which is a special talent, we had a chance to really see them um, um, up close, but um, district 10, or excuse me, district nine, um, I've really gotten close over the years with, uh, with coach Barrett at Lebanon. So me and him will trade uh, texts every now and then. And if he needs something, I need something. We, he, he's been really um, just a, he's been just a good friend and coaching for me and someone to kind of mirror um, programs. And so we've, we've, we've traded um, conversations plenty of time. Um, and then Portland's coach and our, you know, we're good friends. He came to our classic this year. Uh, he played at Austin Peay, so we were in college right around the same time. Uh, played baseball at Austin Peay, so we um, so we keep up with one another. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, um, that's just the you know the nature of it. Still, um, when you build those relationships with with coaches, you never never lose them when they're on solid ground. Yeah, definitely. And and through that grow your game uh, league, uh, looking at that and kind of just w through those uh, relationships that you do have, um, who are some players and uh, maybe teams that you have kind of caught your eye and uh, maybe some some names that you've uh, tried to keep up with a little bit or, or, or are looking at uh, maybe going on and being really something special beyond high school? Well, one thing, you know, being at Kenwood and being in the city, um, Rossview has just been on the girls side, been the standard, you know, they've They've uh, won, you know, I don't know how many district championships, but Coach Woods and I, we, um, our kids are the same age. And um, actually, um, I had opportunity to coach, uh, teach, his, teach and coach his, his sons. And so, um, so we've been, uh, we've been close for a while. And so um, in our league, he, um, they had the most participants. I think they had like 16 girls sign up and we had eight teams. So um, you're looking at two, three, no more than three girls per team. Um, which, you know, at the, you know, you looked at the rosters of the girls that were signing up, they were all underclassmen with the exception of a handful of juniors. And, um, and so, um, so my comment to him was, you know, um, I know this is going to pay off with you having all these girls. And, and of course he was like, well, we're so young, you know, it need, they needed to play, but, um, but they are, uh, they they, they've made the turnaround that I knew that he would even in a, um, super competitive district like like that and in a down considered down year for him he's definitely uh, done a great job with keeping them competitive and so um, you know Clarksville with all all their young talent and um, well mostly their younger girls that signed up to play um, I got a chance to see them and um, and then the Northwest girls and Kimwood had a handful of girls that played in it um, um, yeah I mean Northeast had a, a handful. It was, um, you know, from what I see, it, it, the district probably has shaped up from just those girls participating about like what you would expect. I mean, based on the amount of girls they had participating and the, how competitive those girls are. Obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm in Sumner County, so I don't, I don't have a close eye on you guys, but uh, it seems like you've got as good a shot as anyone to make a real run at it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's, um, you know, the message Friday night, we, we lost our first district game, and the message is like now 0-0. We can't dwell on what, we, what we've what we done. It's a new season. 
and um, and let's just you know clear our minds and let's get all the cloudy stuff out and and uh, let's let's take care of business and be here for one another um, because at the end of the day the person sitting or standing beside you are the ones you're going to need over these next few weeks more than anybody. And so um, we have, you know, obviously we have talent and, um, and, and coachability and all that. So let's, let's make a, make a run at it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. It was yes, really yes. awesome to get a chance to, uh, to talk to you in this, uh, in this medium and uh, best of luck to you guys making a run in the, in the playoffs. And uh, I'm, I'm sure to see you guys there. Good deal. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Brady, big news came down this week. Our own Russell Venazzi. Uh, I just butchered his last his last name. <laughs> Venazzi, which I think is still wrong. I, I I'll, your your name and his last name just give me it just tripped me up so so much. And they're not even difficult to say, really. I just I don't know. I guess my southern accent gets in the way. <laughs> that. That tends to happen with uh, with those accents. But anyways, Russell did has done. I mean, just does a fantastic job with Main Street Preps covering Nashville. He recently just put out a story. TWSAA has elected to uh, finalize where they will play the state championships. Division one going to be back at the Glass House in Murfreesboro, the Murphy Center, and then D two is going to move to Cookville this year and go up to Tennessee Tech. So a little bit of a further drive uh, for your D two teams. But nice to see it get. It's nice to see the state tournaments on a college basketball campus, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that just kind of that, that makes the stage a little bit bigger, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just cool for those uh, for those kids to play in, in a bigger arena. Um, back in Michigan, uh, I, I covered one state tournament, um, and, that, and that's at the Breslin Center where Michigan State plays, and that just makes it so much cooler for those kids instead of playing at some high school somewhere. Um, so it, it's – I'm really happy that uh, – I'm very – I, for one, am very – pleased with those choices that they made. I think that just kind of makes it more special for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, growing up here, playing ball here in Tennessee, the goal was always to play the glass house, never got that opportunity. Um, so all that's to say is, you know, I don't want a state championship caliber team to, you know, not be able to get that opportunity and live with the same type of, of regret that like many of us have, which is, you know, we, we never got to play, in the state tournament at the at the best arena at the glass house. I'm so glad that they're that they've decided to to allow the the, the teams back on campus. Definitely. And that we're even gonna have a state championship yes. at all, fingers crossed. Seriously. I mean, you know, I think hindsight obviously being 2020, I think if you told Bernard Childress and TWSAA at this point last year, like, hey, let's do nobody in attendance, maybe they finish out the state tournament kind of the same way they've they've done the basketball season and the football season. Um, so I, I'm really hopeful. You know, nothing major happens over the next couple of weeks that would prevent that from taking place. But yeah, just just super excited that that we're going to have a state championship, uh, and then it's going to be at the appropriate venue. Absolutely, and uh, obviously the state championship is a perfect way to wrap up the season. So what better way to wrap up this week's podcast than by talking about those? Um, thank you, everybody, for listening once again. We, uh, we, we love bringing you this content every week. And uh, if you love listening to us, make sure to uh, rate and subscribe to the podcast. And we will talk to you guys again very soon. See you, everybody.